According to Google, the word confession may be defined as intimate revelations about a person's private life or occupation. For example, confessions of a driving instructor. I just wanted to let those know who have a problem with the word confession in my titles that it does work and it's not clickbait. Confession does not only mean you're admitting guilt to something. Now that that's out of the way, nurses are caregivers. It's their job to tend to those in need. Oftentimes though, they never see it coming. The danger, the horror that often encroaches, whether it's the broken mind of one of their patients or the decades of anguish coming alive in the place they work. As a nurse, there's always a chance you could witness something horrifying at any time. Enjoy these 10 dark confessions from nurses. If you want to be in a future video, I'm looking for scary stories from the gym or from truck stops. You can submit your stories at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Creepy Forest Ranger by Mrs. Dohai. I work as a caregiver in a memory care facility. When I first started working there and getting to know the residents, there was one in particular that I wanted to know more about. Melvin has never been married, has no children, no pictures of family or friends in his room, and in all my time working there, only one person has ever come to visit him. The only thing I really knew about him was that he had been a forest service ranger in one of our local national forests. One night, I started asking him questions during my shift, wondering if he'd ever seen anything unexplained during his time as a forest ranger. And believe me, this turned out to be the creepiest thing I'd ever heard during my time as a caregiver. Melvin said to me, I was engaged once. I asked what had happened to his fiancée, and he turned his head away from me to look at the ceiling. He said, I was a forest ranger. I knew exactly where to bury her, where no one would find her. That was the last of my questioning about his life. I never got another word out of him. Besides the terrible names he has called me, the way he said it, it was like he was remembering his past. It was so serious and stern. From anyone else, it would sound like a joke, but not him. From my experience, patients with dementia and Alzheimer's sometimes have these strange moments of clarity where they're completely lucid, and shockingly, this is what that reminded me of more than anything, a sudden moment of clarity and an all-too-honest answer to a horrifying question. The Odor by Anon My mom works at a local hospital, and I get to hear a lot of interesting stories from her co-workers. This story is from one of the nurses she works with. A morbidly obese woman came into the doctor's office one day, complaining of a horrible odor coming from her that she could not get rid of. She told the doctor that she bathes regularly and maintains her hygiene well, so she could not figure out why she stank. 
The doctor told the nurse to give the woman a sponge bath to try to figure out where the odor was coming from. The nurse did so and went through and cleaned every fold and crevice of the woman's body. But once she reached her abdomen, the nurse had to lift and fold and clean all the folds of her skin. Finally, the nurse lifted a particular fold and was met with a nauseating, overpowering stench. Under her fat was a green, mushy, and moldy, unrecognizable object. That was obviously the source of the odor, and in fact, the skin underneath had been terribly infected. When asked to identify the object, the woman, embarrassed, confessed it was an old piece of bread. Apparently, the woman was using pieces of bread to dab away the sweat she had under her folds, as she was too lazy to get up to get a rag, and her folds would get sore if she didn't do something. A piece had gotten lodged in between her fat folds for God knows how long. It is truly beyond me how she could just lose that piece of bread and why she just had to use bread in the first place. I just hope that lady has learned from this unfortunate and rather grotesque experience. Observing Patient by Alvin This happened a year ago. I live in Porto Princesa City, Palawan. I've been here since I was born, and now I'm 27 years old. You should know that I've never believed in the paranormal, and I've even challenged those who brought it up to me and believed. Now, things are different. Anyway, I work as a nurse, and I was assigned in the emergency room in the province's hospital. This area witnessed everything, people coming and going, some with minor issues, others critical, and a few were terminally ill. Of course, people passed away here quite often, and occasionally there were those who came and were already gone when they entered the doors. Now, what I first noticed was a light bulb flickering as if it was loosely contacting the power source, and I simply ignored it as it was easily explained away. But at the back of my mind, I joked to myself and said, Ooh, it's a ghost. The next day, the bulb was acting the same. I felt like I needed to share it with my teammates as we were about to close the shift. So I brought it up. Hey guys, check this out. What is it, a poltergeist? A few of them noticeably rolled their eyes. Now, by then, I was excited to go home for the day and I had even filed for leave for the next four days to go to my girlfriend's place for a little vacation. So when the next day came and we both went to her town, a two to three hour bus ride from the city, we arrived almost after lunchtime at her sister's place. We rested for a bit and sat in the hot weather. By then it was getting dark. We decided to take a quick and relaxing walk around her childhood streets. Concrete, straight, and well-lit streets. Some motorcycles and tricycles were passing us every few minutes. Nothing more than that, like cars. The place was pretty rural. Before heading out, she had told her nieces and nephews to get ready, so that when we were done with our walk, we'd come back and walk out to get groceries. So we headed out for the initial walk, just the two of us. We were talking about work for the week, and for the first few minutes, everything was nice and enjoyable. 
and then I noticed something. The light poles we had passed were flickering, just the same as the light from the hospital was. It was like their electrical sources were fluctuating. At first, I simply thought it was a coincidence, but after the first few posts began flickering, I decided it was more than that. I would observe them every time we passed by, trying to listen to my girlfriend at the same time, but I found myself more and more focused on the peculiar behavior of the lights. I was in disbelief, yet there it was. Each and every time we passed a light pole, they would begin to flicker. My palms began to sweat, and in mere seconds, I was a nervous wreck. I forgot to mention earlier that this road was lit on one side, and the other side was a softly wooded area. There were no houses for at least 10 to 20 meters on the other side of the road, but only trees and grass. So when we came out, we of course walked on the side with the lights. At that point, I showed my girlfriend the lights so that she was aware of what was going on. Of course, she didn't believe me at first, rather didn't feel the same about it, but I proved it to her. I said, watch, we're going to pass under the next one and it's going to start flickering all the same. She smirked and doubted me. We walked toward the next light and stood under it. The moment we reached it, it was flickering. She looked nervous for a second, but smiled and hesitantly said, these lights are just old. When people pass through, the vibration on the ground might cause it to flicker. So don't get ahead of yourself. I shrugged and we continued to walk. We were approaching the next light pole when a tricycle passed by in the road. Both of us were staring at the light at that moment. Yet, as the vehicle passed by, nothing happened. Not until we reached that light pole too, and it began to flicker only when we reached it. Instead of continuing on with the walk, at that moment we turned around and headed back. Only when we had the kids with us did we leave again and we hurried faster this time to get to the grocery store and come home. Later that night, when we were heading off to bed, which for us on this vacation was just a thin layer of foam on the floor, something else happened. We were sleeping right under a light bulb, which is normal if you're sleeping on the floor of a living room. The lights were off, and everything was silent except for the electric fan powered up next to us, but as we're trying to head off to sleep, I notice that the light begins to dim and brighten back and forth, slowly increasing in brightness before dimming a bit and increasing further in brightness. It's so bizarre that I find myself raising up and crawling away from it before it suddenly gets so bright that the bulb literally pops, jolting my girlfriend awake as well. We both looked at each other, thinking the same thing. What in the world is going on? The next day, our vacation was over, and we went home and went back to our normal lives. But I was dreading going back to the hospital, afraid more strange occurrences would simply follow me. When I did get back to work, I noticed the light bulb was not in its place, and it hadn't been replaced at all, just an empty socket. When I asked my coworkers about it, this is what they said. Yeah, man, that thing was malfunctioning. No matter what we put in it, it just keeps flickering. Electricians came by to check out the wiring, 
but couldn't find anything wrong. So we're just gonna leave it alone. Last thing we need is a fire blazing this place up because of a malfunctioning light bulb. Guardian Nurse by Am Lugonin. This is a short but creepy experience from a friend of mine. She is a nurse. We met when we were studying in college in the Czech Republic to be registered nurses and volunteering with the actual nurses at the time whenever we could. I was fortunate enough to make a friend who was just finishing their last year. Her name was Gabrielle. Gabrielle and I became friends almost instantly. She was kind enough to share her experiences and tips with me. One night, I jokingly asked her if there were any ghosts haunting the old school, because it's one of the oldest in my country. To my surprise, she replied with a very serious yes. Apparently, the old nursing school had a lot of activity. During one lock-in, where she, her classmates, and her teacher spent the night together in a classroom, they saw an old lady walking through the dark hallways, eventually disappearing into the old chapel. Only the teacher and the students were supposed to be present during that night. Gabrielle asked around, and her class wasn't the only one who saw her. At least five other classrooms who graduated before them had seen the ghost of a woman there and fully believed that she was more than just a story. Now, during the third and fourth year, nursing students have some practical lessons at the faculty hospital near our school, and to Gabrielle's surprise, she saw the same apparition of a woman walking around the patients. She would touch them while they slept, and was often sighted in the corner, watching students as they tried to perform their tasks. The last time Gabrielle saw her was at the Matura testing. For those who don't know, at the end of the final year, students have to pass four hard exams, both written and oral, and some schools like ours also have practical Matura. My friend and her classmates all had to prepare beds for patients after a surgery. One of the guys was so nervous, his poor soul, that he completely forgot to adjust the pillow in the right position according to the norms. When the teachers were checking the others, two of the three students there gasped and claimed to see that they saw the apparition of the woman near one of the patients. And the next thing they knew as the teachers were checking that student's pillow, it was perfectly fine and nothing was out of place. It was as if she had fixed it for him. But no one knows for sure why she's there or who she is. I hope she's nice. But any sort of unexplained phenomenon like that, it gives me bad vibes. Some say she was one of the first teachers at our school, and she's just trying to help the young girls and boys who want to save lives. And others say she used to be a student, and after finishing, she devoted her life to helping others, that her life's duty went beyond her own life. Either way, my friends hope they see her one day, but as scary as meeting a ghost sounds, I think I agree and would love to see her myself. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough 
to track one down on your own. In June's journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. My Creepy Nursing Home Experiences by Buttery Buns for You. In 2014, I began working at a nursing home. I went into it blindly never imagining anything remotely weird or creepy would happen there. My first experience occurred a few months into the job. I was working second shift that day and had been working for maybe an hour. I'd gone into the break room and was talking to a fellow coworker. During a lull in the conversation, I happened to glance at the doorway that led into the hall. And there, I saw a tall, skinny, shadowy black figure pass by the door I was shocked and felt the blood drain from my face. I sat there in silence until my coworker happened to notice the change in my behavior. She asked me what was wrong and I hesitated. I didn't want her to think I was insane, but I mumbled what I'd seen, laughing it off as a trick of the mind. Her face went serious and she said, no, you didn't imagine it. And she went on to tell me that they called it the man in black. Clichéd, I know, but supposedly, there was a man in black that popped up from time to time there and loved to walk down the halls. My coworker said that she had also seen the man, along with several other coworkers, including a handful of the sound-minded residents. She had heard some of the old folks talk about a man in all black wearing a hat. She said that whenever somebody saw him, Anywhere from one to three different residents would often pass away the same night. 
I thought about it later and figured she was just trying to give me crap. And I felt a bit irritated that she was messing with me like that. Just trying to haze the newbie, I guess. Over time, I began to realize that she was not the only one to believe in the man in black, just like she had said. I saw him on several occasions as well. The most noticeable on the day after a beloved resident passed. I had walked past his room the morning after, and the man in black was standing in the doorway between the bed and his door. It was clear as day. Each time I saw it or him, whatever it was, I was too freaked out to say anything to anybody. A year after I'd been working there, a friend had posted on Facebook something about the man in black. I didn't pay attention to it at first, but a couple of days later at work, someone mentioned to me that my friend had seen it. I found that friend and asked her about it. Her eyes got all huge as she recalled her experience, and she told me one night during a late shift, long after the residents were in bed, she had gone into the dining room to grab something out of the pantry when she saw the tall, eerily skinny black shadow walk right past her. She'd assumed it was maybe a resident's family member that had stayed late, but there was nobody outside the pantry. So I paid attention and I counted. Nine residents passed away in a week and a half. That's a massive number, right? Another day, I was in a room in the Alzheimer's wing, and I heard a woman and a man talking and a dog barking through the air vent in the bathroom. I went to the next room thinking a TV was on, and the room was completely empty. I went to the room on the other side as well, and the man that lived there wasn't even in his room. I told one of the other nurses what I'd heard. She told me not to worry, that those weird, unoriginated sounds were a common thing around these parts, that I wasn't going crazy, and she told me about the night she was working that same wing. She and two or three nursing assistants had seen the tall, skinny black figure outside the back door that led to the closed-in courtyard. She said it was wearing a top hat like Abraham Lincoln. The eeriest part is that the courtyard was surrounded by a huge fence that was probably around 10 feet tall with no footholds, so that none of the residents could escape. I mean, it was the Alzheimer's unit after all, and they're prone to make attempts at breaking out. The fence was locked with a key that only that nurse had. I saw that man in black several more times, but he wasn't the only weird thing wandering those halls. There were several buildings combined there, and sometimes I would work a shift in one building, and other days I'd be in another. One night in the nursing home, I was putting some clothes away in a resident's room. I had worked there for some time, and I had never heard either of the women there speak, save for the one who always slowly said, I'm fine, when I asked how she was. That night, though, she was lying in bed, and she said something different to me. Where are you, father? I can hear you, but I can't see you. And no lie, her roommate said in a dusty old voice right after, Help me. When I heard it, my heart was pounding. Then the first lady said, Where are you, father? I can't see you. I can't feel you. Or something along those lines 
and her roommate kept saying, Help me, help me, help me. I literally ran out of that room. Those were only some of my creepiest experiences while working at that nursing home. I'm a Haunted Nurse by Hughes. I'm 37 years old and work as a nurse in Australia. For the sake of anonymity, I will leave out the name of the hospital I work at. It was two years ago. My son Joseph had just passed away at the age of 17, my only child. After he left us, I began to experience some very odd things at my house and on my job. For example, my dog's Candy, an Australian cattle dog, and Gif, a bulldog, began to stare in empty spots in the house, often at the same time, and they would always wag their tails, as if seeing someone they remembered and missed. It was the strangest thing, because they never acted like that before. And one day at work, other things started happening. Dementia patients staring behind me when I attended to them, which really scared me to be honest with you, and lights flickering whenever I was around. But the worst part about it was the day I realized that this presence wasn't my son, and it wasn't friendly. I was alone at home, sitting on the couch. I think I was reading a book at the time. Suddenly... I felt breathing on my ear, and before I could react to it, a voice shouted millimeters away from my ear, Get out! I immediately jumped, nearly soiled myself. Crying, I ran out of my house and went to stay with my parents for a while. And having gotten my hopes up that it was my son's spirit, it was like losing him again. I ended up talking to the people who sold me the property, and they revealed to me that a very, very long time ago, so long in fact that they didn't think it was important to tell me, a man had, in front of his own family, took his own life. I hope that's not what I'm dealing with, and I hope it's honestly all in my head, because that was the hardest time in my life, and the last thing I wanted to deal with was something demonic. Confession from a Nurse by Natalie S. In 1987, my 21-year-old mother was working the normal night shift. She was an ER nurse in a very busy city in New York. Every night was pretty crazy. Violence, traffic accidents, and some very gruesome patients caused by tragic ignorance. But there was something different about that night. It was around 2 a.m. when a mother was rushed into the ER with her six and nine-year-old girls. The girls were not wearing any clothes and were covered in blisters and their skin was hot red. The mother said she was washing dishes while running a hot bath upstairs for the kids. She then said that the little one fell in and the older one went to help only to fall in after her sister. The girls were put in burn sheets immediately and placed into a packed emergency room with just a curtain around them. They held hands telling one another they were going to be okay. Second-degree burns covered them from their necks down to their crotches 
but something made no sense. Why were their arms and feet not burned if they almost drowned in a hot tub? My mother had this horrible feeling in her stomach and called the cops. She said this was no accident and they needed to check the house. The police investigated and about an hour later, the officer called her and said she was right. Their beds were soaking wet. It turns out the children were sleeping and their mother walked in and dumped a boiling hot pot of water on them. Why? She was on substances. My mother became uncontrollable and was enraged and sickened to know these kids were suffering, getting medicine that could not deal with the pain they were feeling. She hung up and saw the mother in the room. She went to confront her, but was held back by the whole staff. The last thing she said to her was, how could you burn your own babies? On Duty by Kathy B. When I began my career as an RN, I started working in a very old nursing home on the night shift. It was run by an order of nuns. The lighting was minimal, of course. The chairs were wooden and straight back. As I was transcribing my nurse's notes one night under the frugal light that illuminated my pen and chart, I looked at my watch and saw that it was exactly 2 a.m. All was well and all my patients were sound asleep at the time. My two nursing assistants were taking a break in the unit's small functional kitchen. Suddenly, something caused me to stop writing and look to see down the darkened hallway. I can't say that I heard anything, it was more of a gut feeling that someone was approaching my nurse's station. What I saw, though, I can remember clear as day. It was akin to the image of a nurse, but I could see through her upper body, like looking through a sheer lace white curtain. From her waist to her lower legs, the image became less transparent. I could see the hem of her white skirt, which fell in folds below her knees. The muscles of her calves of her legs moved purposefully under her heavy white stockings, and her shoes were the most pronounced and detailed part of the image. They were very high-platform, white-duty shoes. They were clean, though slightly worn, and the tied laces flapped as she marched purposefully into a patient's room near the nurse's station. I was a bit stunned. My first thought was, my God, I can't actually be seeing something like this. I ran over to the room that my paranormal co-worker had strutted into, but there was no sign of her. Now moved to a year ahead. I had made good friends with my co-workers when one night the subject became that of the paranormal. I shared what I'd seen the year prior, and to my shock and surprise, I was informed that a nun used to work on my unit years before. She had been a dedicated lady who suffered from cancer and she had passed away in the very unit where she used to comfort others. She was a tiny lady, short in stature, who always wore platform shoes so she could more easily bend over her patient's beds. My guess is she thinks she's still on duty. Traveling Nurses and the Mountain Man by Blue Rat Wolf. This is a story from my mother. Back then, before she had me and my brother, she was a traveling nurse going from state to state, sometimes alone and sometimes with company. I enjoyed hearing her stories. They made me laugh, 
made me want to go out and see things myself. But one story did not make me feel positive. My mom, Deb, is her name, along with her friend Teresa, were near the mountains far from the city, and Teresa and her really needed to go to the bathroom. My mom said next place we stop at we can use the restroom. They came up to this odd place in the middle of nowhere. As the two of them got out, out of the building came this goofball hillbilly looking guy with glasses and overalls and a straw hat. Teresa asked if they could use their restroom, and the guy replied, the restroom's only for people who visit my museum. Both my mom and Teresa were surprised. A museum? Around these parts? My mom asked, might as well. The guy took them to such odd pictures and sculptures you would definitely never see in a regular museum. Things like tree carvings, a big wall with windows, and little figurines posing for a historical moment. Every time he showed my mom and Teresa a piece of his collection, he would always end the sentence with, Ain't that something? Teresa was cracking up. Deb, he's a riot. My mom chuckled in agreement, but things were about to get weird. They were now entering the wax sculpture area. I'll be right back, the man said, leaving my mother and Teresa alone. Teresa was getting nervous, and my mom saw this and decided to tease her. Teresa, you remember that movie, right? Wax Museum? Teresa shuddered. Oh, God, she said quietly. My mom said, look closely. See how real they are. Teresa crept closer, trying to observe the sculpture, and my mother screamed at her, nearly making Teresa wet herself in fear. Dang it, Deb, she said, my mother still laughing. Suddenly, they heard the man's voice. Can you ladies come back here? When they began to approach the back area where the man was, they saw the man cleaning knives. And before they could say anything, he looked at them and said, You guys want to be sculptures too? And that's when they ran. And only after they were miles away, did they laugh and think maybe, just maybe, they were just overreacting, right? Mother Baby Unit by Night Shift OB I've worked in the Mother Baby Unit for over three years at this point, and I've seen my fair share of messed up moms and babies, baby daddies beating up moms and new boyfriends and etc. But this happened about a year into me working in that unit, and for as long as I was considered new, I worked the night shifts. No problem with me though, I needed the money. On one night that I worked, I made my normal rounds, checked on everyone, and sat down to do some chatting. At about 2 or 3 a.m., me and my coworkers heard yelling and screaming coming down the hall towards our desk. We found a strange woman who looked and smelled as if she hadn't showered in weeks. She was screaming at us that she wanted her baby back, and she was willing to hurt us for her baby. We obviously called security, but as we waited, we tried to get some information from her. She told us she had a baby here and it was taken, but that's all she would repeat over and over. She then started grabbing things from the desk and throwing things at us, hitting one of my coworkers in the face and causing her to bleed. As the woman was about to turn and go into a room with a mother and a newborn in it, 
security finally showed up and took the woman away. We later got her name and was able to find out that she indeed did have a baby in our unit, but it was a stillbirth, and that caused the woman to go kind of psychotic and come looking for her baby that had long since passed away. Nursing is yet another vital job to our modern society, and of course, brings along its own unique versions of horror and thrills. From creepy patients to the disturbing afterlife, working as a nurse day to day, you never know what you're gonna get. And even when you're between your days of working, nurses may still experience the occasional horror story. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget, you can send me your true scary stories at darknessprevails.org. If you want to support my channel further, go to patreon.com darknessprevails and donate any amount to get your name in the credits. Or go to morbidmonsters.com or click the shop button below to get some horror-themed Darkness Prevails merchandise. Thank you. Now, as usual, here are my five favorite comments from the previous video about 10 hunting trips gone horribly wrong. Kojo3official says, when you shoot the animal and it yells, help me. And then hopefully you guys become best friends, right? <laughs> right? Alyssa says, your voice is like honey. I'm so glad my voice could save you money while shopping online. I hope you get the reference. I'm just me, says avocado. And there's a little avocado right there. Ugh, I am just me. I can only get so moist. Cassie Faith says, OMG, I love you, Daddy Dark. You should do pool scary stories. For sure. Pools gross me out something fierce, but that would be an awesome subject. And Kaimaru Kenway says, I was kind of hoping my story would be in this one. Well, I cover hunting forest stories so often, I'll probably get to yours in no time. Anyways, guys, that brings us to the end of another Darkness Prevails episode. I hope you enjoyed. More scary stories are coming soon. Until next time, here are the credits to my patrons who continue to donate. Stay safe out there and stay creepy, because this world is a strange one.